0: Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Coldfield. I know you're on video, but nevertheless, uh, man, don't we have a great and awesome senior pastor? Yeah, yes, we do. Yes, we do. So certainly, giving honor to him in his absence and thanking him for the opportunity to stand before you this morning, As, as well, we give an honor to the leadership of this. Good Church, the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, and to all the family and friends who are here today. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 39. John chapter 4, verse 39. It reads, From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, He told me all the things that I have done. I want to preach to you this morning from the title of The Power of a Testimony. The Power of a Testimony. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, and as we come to this strategic hour, Lord, Father, we know and pray as your word goes forth, and not go forth in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. Have your way. It's in Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Imagine going in to see a doctor. And they listen to all of the reasons of why you're coming. They examine you. They run all the necessary tests. They diagnose your problem. But they never communicate or prescribe anything to make you well. Imagine having an attorney who represents you and they know and have key evidence that will set you free and give you the victory, but they never present it before the court. Imagine your house burning down and the firefighters show up. With their truck and with all their gear, and they get out and they come stand next to you as you watch your house burn down, and they say, I'm sorry that you're having to experience this. None of that makes any sense whatsoever, because in each and every situation, those who have been equipped and empowered. To make a difference. Fail to do so. So it is with the Christian. The Christ follower. Filled with the spirit. Heaven bound. Covered in the blood. Blessed and highly favored. Who have been given a message. Empowered with a message. That we are to tell. But we keep silent that message is your testimony. And the first thing in this text I want you to see is that your testimony gives others the opportunity to believe in Jesus. The text says that many of the Samaritans believe because of the word of the woman. The fact that she opened up her mouth and gave her testimony, it gave them an opportunity If she doesn't open up her mouth, they don't get the opportunity. It's just—it's just that simple. And so you need to understand that, man. Your testimony is the key to others having an opportunity to believe in Jesus. You don't know whether you're the first. You don't know whether you're the second or the third or the last. You don't know whether you're going to be the only one that God gives an opportunity to an individual. But, you you know, I think of the testimony as as something like uh, bait on a hook, you know, that you cast out, cast out into the, the water. Sometimes you get a bite and hopefully a fish. And sometimes you get nothing. But if you don't cast it, man, there's there's no opportunity for anything. And so it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to make sure that we're casting our testimony out. When Jesus says that, man, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He wants to use your testimony to do that. And so you got to understand your testimony is the key to giving others the opportunity, man, to to come to know Jesus. Look at what Paul says and writes in 1 Corinthians Verse 3, verses 4 through 6. For when one says, I am a Paul, and he's, he's dealing with division here, but I want you to see this. I'm, I am a Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are you not mere men? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. But they said they're they're servants through whom you believe, meaning that they were they were sharing their testimony. They were sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were sharing what God had done in their life that gave them an opportunity to believe. And so that's how important your your testimony is. You know, I, 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 I think about Noah. And some say use 120 years, some use 100 years, some use 60 years in terms of him building the ark. But, but him building the ark was a testimony to their time drawing near that God was going to destroy all flesh. How many times did Moses go before Pharaoh and say, God said, let my people go and perform those, those 10 signs. It was a testimony to Pharaoh, giving him an opportunity to believe in the one and only true God. When you read the Gospels, you see Jesus testifying about himself as well as performing miracles. For all of those who were a witness, as an opportunity to put their faith in him. Now it says from that city, this woman went back to the place where she was from. And in that place, she was an outcast among women. Man, she was well known among the men. But regardless of her past, regardless of her history, it didn't matter. Because now she had a life-changing message, and she wanted everybody to know who it is that she had believed in and give them an opportunity to believe. God expects us to, to go back to those who know us best. Matter of fact, that's Joey, where you have the greatest influence, is the, to go back to where you came from because they know how you used to be. And I know so oftentimes we're, we're ashamed. We, we think we know they know how we used to be, and, and that, that's why we don't go back. But that, that's where the power of God shows up. It shows up when, man, I know how he used to be. I know what he used to do. I know what he used to be like. I I know how he used to use all sorts of profanity. Man, I know how he used to chase all sorts of women. I know what he used to be. And so this woman, no hesitation in going back, because she understood she had a life-changing message. I I think sometimes we, we, we think the power is in us being able to tell it instead of in what God has done in our life that's where the power shows up it ain't about how eloquent you can be in terms of telling your testimony she didn't quote a bunch of scripture we we think we got to know a bunch of scripture she's not quoting scripture she simply is telling what God has done in her life and so that's what God wants us to do in Mark chapter 1 dealing with this this leper who came to jesus and remember he said that lord if you're willing you can make me clean and jesus said be clean and he became healed if you understand the the the, the, the uh, story about leprosy in uh, leviticus chapter 13 and 14 you then you understand the only interaction that leper was supposed to have was with the priest The priest was the only one that could pronounce him unclean and pronounce him clean. But he made a decision to come to Jesus. And he came to Jesus and he got his healing. And look at what Jesus says to him. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone. But go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out. And began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around so much to an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city. But stayed out in unpopulated areas and they were coming to him from everywhere. Jesus told him to go back to the priests as a testimony to them. But, but man that leper understood the, the priest hadn't done, been able to do anything for him. And so going back to the priest, he felt like it was a waste of time. I'm going to go and tell what God has done in my life. I, I've had an encounter. I've, been, I've, I've met the one who's able to make a difference in my life. So I want to go tell everybody and give them that same opportunity. That's what God is, is telling you. You've you, you got something powerful you got something powerful. You've got a testimony. You've got got something God has done in your life that you're able to share and you're able to use, man, for the benefit and blessing of others and and bringing them into an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. When the Titanic went under, there had been three messages that had been sent out saying, watch out for the icebergs. But those who received the message because everything looked okay, they failed to pass it on to those who needed it. And as a result, over 1,500 people lost their lives because those who had it, the message kept quiet. God has given us a life-changing message and I know when we meet people it looks like everything is all right on the surface of their lives when beneath the surface man everything is out of order everything is man you you can't see it everything is is chaotic and so God has given you and I an opportunity to pass that message on. Don't you dare keep quiet. Don't you dare keep that message to yourself. We ought to tell it to give others the opportunity. And the text says, from that city many of the Samaritans believe because of the, the word of the woman who testified, he told me. All things that I've done. So the second thing I want you to see is your testimony is telling others about your encounter with Jesus. To testify is to provide information about a personal event concerning which the speaker has direct knowledge. To bear witness to something that you have seen with your own eyes. You have heard with your own ears. You have touched with your own hands. You have experienced it for yourself. And so this woman says in her testimony, she really summarizes it. She says, man, he told me all the things that I have done. But in our responsive reading this morning, you got a chance to at least read the interaction that took place. That it started with a conversation about water. That's why she was coming to the well. She wasn't expecting to see a man and especially a Jewish man at the well and a Jewish man that would speak to her and then to ask her for a drink of water a Samaritan woman but but Jesus started with a conversation he's teaching us we need to start just with a general conversation about where they are but then he stimulated her curiosity because he says man if if you knew the gift of God and the one who it is who asked you, give me a drink, man, you would have asked him for a drink and he would have given you living water. So he stimulated her curiosity concerning his ability and who he is. And then he, Thank you. Then he struck down uh, the comparison. Because she says, you're not greater than our father Jacob. And Jesus says, "Man," and she said, "Jacob drunk from dug this well, gave us this well, and drunk from the well." And 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 Jesus said, "Man, but everybody who drink of this water is go thirst again. But those who drink from the living water that I give will never thirst." He said, "Man, ain't, ain't no comparison to our God. He is who He says He is, and He can do what He can says He can do. But then He specifically." called out her sin which she quickly diverted to talk to about the place of worship and so he spoke to the criteria of the people of worship that god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth but then she gave her hope about the coming messiah and he solidified that hope by revealing his identity, saying, I am he. So that's, that's the encounter that took place. And man, we got to tell others about our encounter. I grew up in a middle-class family with both of my parents and three other siblings. I was popular because I played the game of basketball and played it fairly well. And also, I took care of business in the classroom. I went to college on a basketball scholarship. I pledged a fraternity and I majored in mechanical, had had my degree in mechanical engineering. But I was lost. I was lost. I was selfish in my relationships. I was longing for purpose and meaning I mean I, I I was all over the board I wasn't any good I was seeking to find my identity in the things that this world had to offer and it was God used my search for a job to get my attention I, Door after door was closed. Failed opportunity after failed opportunity was closed. And I turned to God and said, God, what is it that you want from me? I tried helping some cousins who were were struggling in their teenage years, but that wasn't it. I even volunteered in youth organizations on a bigger front trying to help other youth, but that wasn't it. And then I went to church that Sunday, and a young minister by the name of Rod Joe preached a sermon entitled Vote Today. And it was from Joshua 24:15. If it seemed disagreeable for you to serve the Lord, choose the day whom you will serve. Whether the the gods of your fathers, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in the land you are now in. But as for me and my house, we go serve the Lord. And he preached about when the Israelites were beyond the river and how they were just going, wandering in the wilderness, just going in a circle, never been able to get where God had promised them they could go because of their unbelief. And I saw my life for the first time, just wondering, just wondering, just just going in a circle, getting nowhere. And that day, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I can say that my life has never, never been the same. That was the best decision that I had ever made and the best decision that I will ever make because of me giving my life to Jesus Christ. Look at the, the verse here in verse Mark chapter 5, verse 18 through 28. He was getting in the boat. The man who had been demon-possessed was employing him that he might accompany him, trying to go with Jesus, And he did not let him, but he said to him, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. I won't read First Timothy 1 12 through 17 but you know Paul got saved he got converted in Acts chapter 9 but Paul recorded his testimony four the times he used it in terms of talking to people and talking to others and it's because of the encounter that he had had with Jesus All of you who name the name of Jesus Christ has had an encounter with him. If he's your Lord and Savior, you've had an encounter. So you have the responsibility to tell others about that encounter. It's not your responsibility to save anybody. You can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. It's my responsibility to tell others about that encounter. They have the opportunity to either receive or to reject. My final point is that your testimony should invite others to come to Jesus. In verse 40, it reads, so when the Samaritans came to Jesus, how did they get to Jesus? I know back in verse 29, we see that this woman gave out an invitation. She said, come see a man who told me all the things that I've done. This is not the Christ, is it? But she gave an invitation. So our testimony ought to include an invitation for others to come to Jesus. Yeah, when I, when I tell him about my past, when I, when I talk about what he's done for me, when I tell him how, God is, how good God is, how great God is, how gracious he is, how merciful he is, how patient he is, how kind he is, when I, when I tell him all of that, I need to invite them to come see for themselves. Don't you want to experience that? Don't you love them enough to to give them an opportunity to experience it for themselves? Yeah, because I think about the the, back in my day, there was the Alkoset commercial, you know, where they would take two tablets and And drop them in the water. And it would go pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Well, when somebody gives their life to Jesus Christ. God drops his Holy Spirit in them. And they get a chance to experience. From having an upset life. Or an upset mind. Or an upset circumstance. They get a chance to experience. Oh, what a relief he is yeah I mean that, that, that's, that's what our responsibility is our testimony man we should invite others I'll close like this after Jesus had returned had been crucified and had been rose, raised from the dead and returned to heaven the legend says that all the angels gathered around him and they gazed at his hands and at his feet. And they shuddered as they recalled the suffering that had happened. And after a moment of time, Gabriel spoke up and said, Lord, do you, do you think that they really know and understand what you've done for them and the sacrifice that you've made? And Jesus said, no, not yet. And Gabriel said, well, how are you going to get this message out? And Jesus said, well, I left some in Palestine, and then I left Peter, James, and John, and I asked them, To tell others who will in turn tell others, who will in turn tell others until it gets across the earth. And Gabriel thought for a little bit, and as he thought about the nature of human beings, he asked, What's plan B? To that, Jesus responded, There is no plan B. I'm counting on them. And I'm here to tell you today, still today, there is no plan B. God is counting on you and me to share our testimony. God bless you and God keep you.